Well, good morning. How are y'all doing? Oh, hold on. Had to get the right position. <laughs> Will you stand with me? Let's start off this morning by just singing about the greatness of our God. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in all in wonder? The King of glory. The King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. Who brings our chaos back into order? Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan a son and daughter? The King of glory, the King of glory, who rules the nation with truth and justice, shines like the Then you would bear my cross. 
let's keep singing about the beauty of our Savior. Yeah. 
seated. Let's, let's pray together here. Father, we do praise you. You are great. You are greater than, than anything. Greater than the, the craziest dreams we've ever had. And I pray that we will fully understand the gift of your forgiveness. That you really do clean us from sin. That you offer more grace and mercy than we offer each other. And might we truly just seek to be more like you, Father. Help us to learn to lean on each other, depend on each other, grow in our strengths together with each other. As Father, we need you above all things. So we... We humbly kneel before you. We kneel, Lord, and say we need you and you alone. And might we all stand together on this journey and gather the whole body of Christ together, worshiping you together, not fractioned, not with infighting. So, Lord, I ask that you change me first in the ways that I need to be changed. My brothers and sisters here, change us all in ways that we look so much more like you. And we just want to follow you because, Lord, as we are in sin, as we are selfish, we can't see the greatness that you have in store for us. So we praise you, Father, in all things. Amen.
Amen. Church. Whoa. Hey, welcome to church. My name's Garen. That was Jason. And along with Justin and Tim and Jennifer, we serve as the pastoral team. And we're so glad that you're here. And this is, quite honestly, one of my favorite times. Uh, it's a time when we get to pass the peace with each other. And this is a meaningful act of worship, uh, if we'll allow it to be. Because we believe that we need to be in a right relationship with each other, right? So that we can be in a right relationship with God. Remember in Matthew 5 when it says, if you have something, if you're praying, you have a problem with your brother, leave your sacrifice, go make it right, and then come back. So we believe that there's something very important that happens vertically and horizontally. And so we see passing the peace as a very instrumental part of our worship because we want to be right with each other. And so I may be the first to say it today to you. Hopefully I won't be the last, but may the peace of the Lord be with you today. Thanks. If you're online, type in your peace. If you're around us, Pass peace as comfortable as you feel. We want to be mindful um, of social distancing. And so pass peace. You can wave. You can shake hands. You can fist bump. You can stand at a distance. But I encourage you to stand up, move around, and let's, uh, let's share the peace of Christ with each other today. All right? I I was waiting on Jason, and it's not Jason, it's me, so <laughs> that's what happens when you don't read the order. Hey, I have a couple of announcements that I want to tell you about. The first one is that we launched last week our partnership with Right Now Media, and we want to give it to you for free, whether you're with us in person, with us online, if you are connected with Pionaz in any way, and that means you are because you're sitting in our facility right now or you're watching us online or 
later on Facebook or YouTube. We want you to have um, Right Now Media. Right Now Media is like the Netflix of Christian videos. Everyone from Francis Chan to Jenny Allen, um, conferences like the IF Conference or the Men's Conference, um, teachings from Andy Stanley and Francis Chan and just a whole slew of people, stuff for kids, um, and, and it's even broken down age appropriate, age zero to three, four to six. And so we want you to have, you can either text this number and they'll send you to the link or you can scan that QR code or take a picture and scan it later and it'll take you to our page. And we want you to have it because we want you to be growing in your faith. And a great way to do it is by getting some great teaching from a slew of people. So that's the first announcement. The second announcement is this month our Good Neighbor offering is going to the Buhlman family. Uh, Many of you know two weeks ago uh, tonight, Sherry was in a terrible head-on collision and is going to be weeks and weeks and weeks of rehab. And so we want to bless them. If you're if you're new to us, we take a good neighbor offering. This is above our tithes and offerings. This is above the money that we give to missions. This is above everything. This is just, we see a neighbor in need and we help a neighbor in need. And so we've sent money to Haiti. We've sent it to flood relief. We've helped individuals. It's just when we see a need, we want to help. And so this month we'll be going to the Blumen family. You can write GNO, good neighbor offering, or... Um, Good neighbor offering, you can just write it out if you want to add extra letters uh, on your check. Or you can do the drop-down good neighbor offering. And we want to help the Bullmans during what's going to be a, a lot of rehab, a lot of time off work. And so thank you already for those that have helped out with the meal train. We'll be putting a link in the Wednesday email. And so if you want to be on the Wednesday email so that you can know what's going on in the life of our church... We have connect cards that are outside on the table. Give us your name and email and address or phone number or however you want to reach us, and we'll connect with you and let you connect with the church. And the last thing we're going to talk about, March 2nd is Ash Wednesday. That launches us into the season of Lent. Launches us into these 40 days of preparation as we prepare for Easter. Um, Bonhoeffer would say to have a rich and deep theology of grace. We need to have a rich and deep theology of where we are. And so, and so we, sin and grace, we have to understand the depth of both so that we can truly embrace all that Christ has for us. And so we spend the 40 days of Lent preparing our hearts for the Easter, Easter celebration that's going to happen. And we are excited. So if you want to join us on this journey, we're going to have books available and they're $10 and it's a 40 day journal with, um, with a whole bunch of great things in it. And so we encourage you to join us. The teaching will be around some of the themes for that week. And so it will really help us as a church really be connected and all kind of for 40 days focusing on the same things. So those are my three announcements, and I think that's it for me. All right, as we come to a time we talk about giving. Yes, sir, Mark. Can I take Absolutely. Thank you. Come on, you want to come up here? You want me to come to you?
There are thousands of people just waiting to hear from you, Mark. This, this actually may not apply to people online. I want to thank everybody for being here. I know how important it is to me to come to church, to be together, gathered with people that have the same outlook on life, and that is we serve a higher God. We serve a Master who we come here to give thanks for. Amen? Amen. Well, there's another thing that goes on. And it's, it's maybe kind of new. It's new to some people. If you have a desire to get into the Bible just a little bit more, there's this new and exciting opportunity. It's called Sunday School. I remember when I was just a little boy, I, my parents brought me to Sunday School. We still have Sunday school, and it's held right over in this little side room. We are so blessed to have a gentleman who has been thoroughly trained in Scripture and in the Bible. It, all, all, it seems like all different realms of the study of Bible and, and Christianity. He, this gentleman is so knowledgeable. We come in... One hour earlier. You know there's 168 hours in a week. And this morning there were five of us only in Sunday school. The room, the room can hold a lot more than that. There were five of us in Sunday school. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you could set your clock one hour Earlier, And I know for me, I have to make bacon and pancakes for my family. And so I have to make them a little faster on Sunday morning to get here at 9 instead of 10. But it is so well worth it for me to be here for Sunday school. Because Ken just does a phenomenal job in his preparation. And I, I know for me, I come out of Sunday school feeling something extra, something unique, something wonderful that I can carry with me throughout the week. So my encouragement, if you could turn up the clock one hour on Sundays and come in and share Sunday school with us, that would be fantastic and I know you would be blessed for it. Thank you. All right, looking forward to those bacon and pancakes next week. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's turn to God and thank Him as we prepare for uh, the offering of our hearts. Not not just our wallets. We often think wallet, wallet, wallet. Church just wants all our money. How many guys thought of that at some point in your life? Even as a pastor, I thought that God wants us. He wants us. And the funny thing about offering is, the more you give yourself to God, the more you're like, oh wait, I'm starting to get the point of this. We, when we're hungry, what do we usually do? We call Mark, want some bacon and pancakes, you know, feed me, feed me. But I think that each of us have had that experience where we said, hey, we are going to be the ones feeding. And you're like, wow. That, that filled me like nothing ever before. You get a little bit of taste of that, uh, that water that never leaves you thirsty again. That bread of life that ne- leaves you never hungry again that Jesus talks about. 
So as we offer ourselves, let's talk to him and just say, God, what does it mean for me to really become a living offering? And on top of that, as uh, Pastor Garen talked about, we want to help the Bullmans out this week. As uh, It's tough. It's hard to work when you are broken physically and all the things that come with that. And so let's, let's take care of, of our family that we have here. Let's pray. Father, we praise you again. We just can't praise you enough. And even when my heart is, is heavy, I know I need to praise you. Because, Lord, you see things that we don't see. Your ways are not really known to us all the time. And so we praise you. And, Lord, we want to really learn to be living offerings. Living sacrifices for you. Because we know, we've tasted it before, as we uh, are used by you to feed the world the good news that you give us, we are filled with, with a food that, unlike anything we've ever known. So Lord, we look forward to serving you, praising you. And I, I think that we will probably overindulge in tonight's Super Bowl festivities, but keep our minds, our eyes, our hearts on you, no matter where we are or what we're doing as we know that life with you is the only life worth living. We praise you. In your name, amen. How are y'all doing? Good. Thank you, Vanessa. It's good to see you. Thank good you. to see you. I want to thank everybody for their prayers, too. Thank you for praying for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I forgot to do this earlier, but today we light the Christ candle. When I was a children's pastor, I think I told you this, we, we lit the Christ candle every week and I told them this reminds us of two things. One, it reminds us that Jesus is the light of the world. Second thing is, just as this candle and this flame in a very real, tangible way are here, we also believe that the Spirit of God, in a very real way, is here with us today. So, um, I forgot to put our prayer for understanding up there, but if you know it, say it with me. Otherwise... I'll pray it for us. Father, I pray that you'll open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you what, I love, I love repurposed things. Is anyone else like that? Love repurposed things. And I always feel like, oh, I can use that for something else. That's why my garage is full of junk. Because I'm like, oh, I don't want to throw that out. I might be able to turn it into this. I might be able to do something else with that. And I can repurpose it. And um, unfortunately, I don't do it as much as I 
well, I should just throw stuff away because I'm not very good at repurposing. <laughs> but I like it. I like it when people do it. Um, there, there were a couple of things that I was looking at online. Check out some of these ways that things are repurposed. It's like rain boots on a fence that make flowers. Isn't that awesome? How about this? So next time, instead of throwing away your toilet rolls, keep them and you can store your like USB cables. You don't have that messy drawer anymore. How about this one? You like eating bagels? It's a CD holder. You remember those, the, the blank CDs? You can carry your bagel sandwich with you and it won't get smashed. This one I love. So what you do is you buy marbles, you practice on a piece of wood that's not your fence, and you find the right drill bit that's just barely smaller than the marble, you drill holes and you punch the marbles into your fence, and then it makes this beautiful artwork, kind of, uh, when the light hits it. Danny, if Danny were here, he'd love this. Nothing better than taking a credit card and turn it, in, turn it in, into a guitar pick. There's nothing better than turning anything into a guitar pick, in my opinion, but I love this. It's a ladder. It's a ladder that has seen better days, and it has been repurposed to become a bookshelf. That's pretty cool, isn't it? My wife um, has this. It's a necklace. Oh, goodness, I can't remember where it's from. It may be from Uganda. I don't remember where. But it's made out of the casings of bullets. From when they had wars there and there were casings all over the ground, they would collect them and they would cut them, melt them. I don't know what they did, but they would reshape them. And they took something that was very ugly and they turned it into something that's very beautiful. They repurposed it. Isn't that kind of cool? I don't know. Maybe it's me. So we're going to be in Luke 5 today. Oh, I forgot about this one. This one makes me sad. (laughs) This one one I'm hoping is like I went to the thrift store and bought a $10 guitar because you did not. Danny, if you're watching online, can we do this to one of your guitars and see how it turns out? And Danny just had a heart attack. Uh, we, we won't be doing that, Danny. But we're going to be in Luke 5. So, we are in a series called From Me to We. See, you take the M and you cut on the dotted lines, you rotate it 180 degrees and it becomes we. Because we believe that we are called to live in community. It's part of our core values. Every core value on our wall is a we. We gather and we scatter. We grow and we don't stay the same. We're better together. We live extravagant lives we give we have extravagant generosity and we give our lives away we 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 don't have lone rangers in the kingdom of god we do this in community and so we're going to be in luke 5 verses 1 through 11 that's where we were last week it's where we're going to be next week as well just so you know because all five of our core values can be found in these 11 verses and um one of one theologian put scripture this way he said don't think of scripture as just black and white, and that's what it says. It's like, Scripture is like a diamond. And depending on where you stand in the Scripture, you see a different color that just shines. And so, last week we were looking at, we gather and we scatter, and we talked about how important it was for us to gather. When we miss church, when we choose 
to just watch it online, when we choose to do something else instead, we miss out on what it is to be part of the community, to gather in. As Brent Peterson says, we, the church inhales the people and is refreshed with the Spirit of God to be exhaled into the world to be that life giving breath of Jesus to the world. And so we gather and we scatter because it's so important. We don't want to miss the opportunity to live in this rhythm of God that's been established all the way back in Genesis. But we're going to hear the scripture today in a different ways. Same scripture, new ears. Are you with me? In this section, we're going to find three things and I usually don't have three points, so congratulations. You're, you're here on one of the few that I have a three-point sermon. I usually don't do that because when I say that, everyone's like, okay, as soon as we're at the third one, it's almost over and I can leave. No, y'all aren't like that, are you? So what we're going to do is we're going to read and stop and read and stop and read and stop and read and stop. Because we're going to do these uh, three sections with these three points. And so let's start reading in Luke chapter 5, verse 1. One, this is the calling of Peter, James, and John. Uh Uh-oh, did I skip past it? How did I do that? Here we go. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. And he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat on the boat and he taught the crowds from there. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, the boat's owner, Now go out where it's deeper, let down your nets, and catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, We worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. Let's stop there. We've worked hard, we're exhausted, and we didn't catch a thing. If that doesn't sound like 2020 and 2021, I don't know what does. We've worked hard, we've cast our nets, we've we've tried to do things... But it doesn't matter whether it's our kids or our marriage or our finances or our jobs or relationships. Jesus, we're tired. We're tired. And the problem is the things that worked in the past aren't working the same way anymore. And so not only are they not working, but we're frustrated because we we can't figure out the new way to do things. We're trying our best. I mean, we're doing what we think we're supposed to do. What do you want from us, Jesus? Nothing's working. We're not pushing the needle. I can't fix my marriage. I can't change my relationship with my kids. I can't make my job more fulfilling. I can't do anything. I'm stuck in a dead-end life, is what it feels like. Jesus Keep coming up with empty nets. Have you been there? Maybe it's not the pandemic, but I'm guessing that somewhere in your life you've felt it. Jesus, I just keep coming up 
empty, and we work, and we work, and we work, and we work. And when we try to do it on our own, we will always come up empty. That's just the truth of it. We live like Peter. We think we know what we're doing. We think we know what's best. We think that we have a master plan. We think that we've got it figured out. But in reality, we're nothing more than poor fishermen washing empty nets in the presence of the one who created everything we're called to catch. And it's into this futility of Peter's life that Jesus brings a refocusing. Peter, I know you've tried before. I know you've failed before, even as early as just a couple of hours ago. But that was before I was with you. If you'll refocus and understand that I'm with you now, I'm telling you, if you'll obey me, you'll catch some fish. And I hear those words in my life all the time. Garen, I know you're trying. Garen, you've been doing the same thing over and over and over again, and you're not getting any different results. I don't know why you think you would. Garen, are you any wiser? Are you any healthier? What has what you're doing gotten you? Some of the things you're doing, I didn't even ask you to do. How many times do we do things in God's name when he didn't even really ask us to do them? And Jesus is saying, if you'll just do what I'm asking you to do, you'll catch some fish. Refocus your eyes. Refocus your eyes on my word. Refocus your eyes on me. You're trying to do it all, and all I need you to do is what I've asked you to do. Jesus said it to Peter. Jesus says it to me. And I'm guessing that Jesus probably also says it to you. If we're listening. The question is, will we obey? Will we choose to listen? Will we... Choose to change what we're doing, change how we're thinking, change how we're living, change whatever Jesus asks us to do so that we can follow him more closely. Will we choose to refocus? So Peter says, we've fished all night. We haven't caught a single thing. Refocus. But if you say so, I'll let down my nets again. Jesus, if, if you say so, you are the only reason I would ever do this again. I'm only doing it because you're asking me to. I'm only doing it because you say you'll be with me. And if you'll be with me, that's good enough. I'll let down my nets again. Because my focus isn't on my nets anymore. My focus is going to be on you, Jesus. And so I'll do what you say and I'll focus on you. So I'll let down the nets again. And this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Haven't caught anything all night. With Jesus, we have so much more 
When, Pete, when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell on his knees before Jesus and said, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught, as were the others with him. Can you imagine the scene? Jesus hops on this boat and he's talking to the people and he's telling them, I don't know what he's telling them. He's, he's speaking to them, speaking words into them. And Peter, who is exhausted, who hasn't caught anything, he just finished cleaning his nets. So he's ready to go home. And Jesus says, can I use your boat? So he's like, okay. And Jesus is on the, uh, Peter's on the boat with Jesus, hearing firsthand closest to the master. And then Jesus tells him to do something. And so he does it. And all of a sudden, wow, what a difference it makes to have Jesus. Here's what I notice. A lot of us want the power of Jesus. We want the blessings of Jesus. But not a lot of us are willing to go into deeper waters to get it. We're very happy with our, I read my Bible for five minutes every other week. I go to church once a month. I live an okay life. I, whatever you want it to be. I don't smoke, I don't chew, I don't go with girls who do. I don't, whatever it is. We think we have this checklist and we're happy with where we are. And yet it's the people who are willing to go deeper to go farther out. There's a, there's a famous saying that says, until you lose sight of the shoreline, you never know how far you can go. Will we go deeper with Jesus? God invites us into the story, but will we be willing to launch into uncharted territory? Will we push away from what's familiar? Will we trust that He can do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we could ever think or imagine? But what it's going to take from us is a willingness to leave what we've been doing and go into new territory, trusting that He is with us and that He is leading us. If we will, I have a feeling we'll have the same response as Peter and it will bring us to our knees because we'll understand that we're in the presence of a holy God. It happened time and time again in the Scripture you think of Isaiah, fell to his knees. You think of John the Revelator, fell to his knees. You think of Mary, fell to her, like, there's just something when we see ourselves and we see, find ourselves in the presence of Jesus, we find ourselves in the presence of holy that causes us to fall to our knees because we see ourselves as we are. And we're, when we're confronted with that type of holiness, it brings us to our knees. But here's the amazing thing. If we will confess, if we will submit, if we will humble ourselves, mercy is always available because God never withholds mercy to anybody who seeks it and asks for it. Because our God longs not only to refocus us, our God longs to redeem us. And we know that when we redeem something, like if you have a coupon or you redeem it, you're exchanging one thing for something better. You're exchanging one thing for what it represents. 
That's what we do when we redeem something. And Jesus is saying, Peter, I know how you are, but I want to redeem you. I don't want to just make you a better fisherman. I want to change your life forever. What you're bringing me is brokenness. What you're bringing me is pain. What you're bringing me is sin. And I want you to redeem it for my grace and my mercy and my love. Because all of those are for you. Jesus comes not just to refocus us. Jesus comes into our lives to redeem us. Last thing is, once Jesus has refocused us, once Jesus has redeemed us or Peter, Final, Jesus repurposes us. His partners, Simon Peter's partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Side note, do a deep dive on the word amazed. Luke is one of the only people in the Bible that uses that word amazed. It's just, it's in utter awe. It's in, well, anyway. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. Isn't that what happens most of the time? When we encounter the holy, we're afraid because we see who we are. And Jesus always comes back with, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. From now on, I'm going to take what you were doing and I'm going to repurpose you. Now that you're refocused, now that you're redeemed, I want to repurpose what you're doing with your life. I love that Jesus saw who they were. He didn't identify them with a label as, oh, that's just a poor guy. That's just a fisherman. I never like people that label someone as just a. That's not a good way to label people. And Jesus never does that. Jesus sees who they are. Jesus sees who they were created to be. And Jesus calls them to live into who they truly are. Did you hear that? Jesus didn't say, clean yourself up and then I'll use you. Jesus says, I want to redeem you and then I want to help you live into who you were truly created to be. I want you to be fully you. His desire is to repurpose us. To surrender our lives, that we'll surrender our lives and, and receive this new and creative way of becoming more. The question for Peter that day and for James and John was, would they abandon their fears? Would they step away from what they knew and just as they went into the deep waters, will they go into the deep waters of the world, into uncharted territory, and will they follow Jesus? Would they allow Jesus to repurpose them for His glory? Would they allow Jesus, to use them in a way that they never thought possible. They saw themselves as just. Jesus saw them as they truly were. Here's what I love. Jesus doesn't ask them to drop everything and start something new. Hey, you were a fisherman. Drop everything. Now I'm going to make you an accountant. No. Jesus takes what they were already doing. And he says, I'm going to repurpose what you're doing. You were fishing before. You're still going to be fishing. 
It's the focus that's going to be different. It's the redemption that's going to come that's going to be different. It's the repurposing that's going to be the difference. You were fishing for people. Now you're going to be fishing for souls. Jesus repurposed what they were doing. So, three words today. Refocus. Redeem. Repurpose. Refocus. Redeem. Repurpose. Let me ask you. Have you ever found money on the ground? Have you ever been like walking in the mall or on a path and you found money on the ground? Yeah. Do you pick it up? Yeah. If it's a dollar bill, do you pick it up? If it's a quarter, do you pick it up? If it's a dime, do you pick it up? What if it's a nickel? What if it's just a penny? If its head is up, okay. <laughs> Knock on wood. No, um. no, I like that answer. I know for me, a lot of times, if I see something on the ground, if it's just a penny, I, I, it's not worth my back pain to pick it up. Honestly, pennies aren't worth much. In 2021, it costs. cents to make a penny. They're not worth what it takes to make them. And yet, I think these pennies are great examples of our lesson today. So often we look at pennies and we think worthless. Right? I mean, it's a penny. Worthless. But there's there's powerful potential in the penny. There is powerful potential in the penny, but not when it's on the ground. When it's on the ground, it really is worthless because it's not being used the way it's supposed to be, is it? But But if a person can refocus their minds and their value of the coin, and they pick up the penny, that's when the penny once again becomes useful, right? When we refocus and we pick up the penny, that's when we say, ah, useful. So many of us look at pennies and on the road and we think worthless. But after we refocus, we have the opportunity to redeem the coin. Um, I'm friends with the pastor, and every time he picks up a coin on the ground, he says, I redeem you for your purpose. Because we take it back. We redeem it. We use it for what it was intended, right? We say, this is no longer going to be a penny on the ground. This is going to be used for something. I'm redeeming this penny. So I've refocused it. You may think it's worthless, but I'm refocused. I've refocused. I've redeemed So many times we think this penny is just worthless. But once we've refocused and once we've redeemed it, we can use it and repurpose it. It's now part of a bigger group of pennies 
that will let me exchange it for something that I need or something that I want. I repurpose the penny when I put it into when I put it into play, when I use it, right? All it takes is a little bit of refocusing. A little bit of redeeming. And a little bit of repurposing. And this penny has power. The potential is always lying within the coin, but it's, it's basically lost its identity until it's picked up and it's put into the hand of someone who knows its worth and knows how to use it. Peter was a simple fisherman until he realized he had been seen by Jesus. Once he realized he had been seen by Jesus, he realized he was loved by Jesus, and it changed him. It changed his focus. It changed him. He was redeemed, and then he was repurposed. Because in the right hand, even things that seem worthless have extreme value and extreme worth and extreme potential. It's the same with us today. We believe that we grow and we don't stay the same. We believe that we change. We believe that, that we all have this stamp of God, this image of God upon our lives. The question is, are we living our lives on the side of the road? Or are we living our lives in the hand of the person who understands our worth and wants to redeem and repurpose us? Where are we today? So today, you get to choose. You get to choose, do I want to be in the palm of the person that understands me? Do I want to be where I can be refocused and redeemed and repurposed? Or am I happy and content being on the side of the road? And I'm technically still a penny. But I'm not living into who I've been called to be. I'm not living into what I was created to do when I'm on the side of the road. It's my prayer that we'll realize our worth. That, that we'll realize that Jesus sees us and loves us. And then honestly, every one of us needs to have a Peter moment. When we realize we see who God is and who we are and we fall to our knees and we confess. And then we receive this forgiveness if we'll simply ask for it. And then we surrender everything and Jesus says, hey, I'm going to repurpose you. You were doing this and you may still do this, but now it's going to have a different focus. Peter's realization and response is the blueprint for how lives are changed today. So I've brought some coins. I don't know that you all need a penny. But they're here if you want to take one. As a reminder, you put it in your pocket. I don't have change in my pocket normally. I usually have a guitar pick in my pocket. But I'm going to carry a penny in my pocket. So that every time I reach down and I feel that penny, I remember... And I ask myself, am I refocused right now?
Am I living into a life that is redeemed? And if I am, am I allowing Jesus to repurpose everything I do? Whether it's washing the dishes at home or how I conduct my business or where I worship. Everything, everything is to be repurposed for God's glory. It's yours if you want it. My prayer is that regardless of whether you grab the penny, you will have those three words in your mind. And you'll be daily asking God, how am I doing? Jesus, will you refocus me today? If yesterday was a great day, awesome. Today's a new day. You don't get to bank it and carry it over. If today, if yesterday was a bad day, guess what? Today's a new day. You don't have to carry that luggage with you anymore. Today is your day to say, God, refocus me, forgive me, help me to live into all that you have for me, redeem me, exchange what I have and make it something more and then repurpose it for your glory because I just want to be used by you. I just want to be in your hand, ready for your service so that wherever you feel like my one cent is best given away, that's where I want to go. Let's pray. Jesus, Jesus, we want to change. We want to be different. We know that you've called us not to stay the same. And yet so many times we live our lives. And before we know it, we've lived our weeks and our months. And our routines become habits and our habits become hangups and our hangups become... Well, our hang-ups will keep us from being all that you've called us to be. So Jesus, right now, will you change us? Will you make us into what you want us to be? Thank you that when we come to you, you don't, you don't give us a list of things that we need to do to make ourselves better for you. You offer us grace and mercy And Jesus, I found that when you offer that, that's motivation enough for me to want to be more like you. That does something in me that wants me to be repurposed for you. I pray that that's the same for my friends here. Jesus, I pray that you will change us and make us more like you and make us more on mission and make us more, well, whatever this community needs us to be. I pray that you'll help us to see with new eyes and hear with new ears. I pray that you'll help us to be looking for opportunities. God, I pray that you'll help us to cast out into deeper waters. God, we want more of your grace. We want more of your mercy. We want to be out where there's nothing but you that we can rely on. And we're going to trust you because you've promised that you'll be with us and you've promised that you will bring the increase. We love you. And we pray this in your name. Amen. So we come to the table and on the night that our Lord was betrayed, he took the Passover meal and he refocused his disciples. 
And he talked about the redemption that was going to happen in just a few hours. And he talked about the repurpose that they would all have because of what he was going to do on the cross. So if you have your elements, you can grab them. If you don't, it won't bother me if you go back and grab them. But on that night that he was with his disciples for that Passover meal, they shared a meal together. This is after he had stunned them by washing their feet and had literally served them. This is after they had gone through the ritual of the Passover and then they came to the moment where he had the bread and he lifted it up and he went off script and he said, hey, refocus. Yes, this represents what I did for our people in Egypt all those years ago. But I'm redeeming and repurposing it. And this will soon, well, this represents my body, which will soon be broken for you. So when you take this, I want you to remember and I want you to be thankful because I'm doing this for you. So let's take the breath. Then he took the cup. And it was probably in a beautiful chalice, not a little plastic, whatever you call this. But he held it up and he blessed it. Which blows my mind. Knowing what it represented, what he said it would represent to his disciples, and he blessed it. And he took the cup and he said, this, this cup represents my blood, which will soon be shed for you. For the forgiveness and the remission of your sins, take, drink all of it and be thankful. We thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God, I'm just so thankful. This never is old for me. Because I, I am aware of the depths of my depravity and I am aware of the heights of your grace. And that you are constantly transforming and changing and making things new. Thank you for what you did on the cross. Thank you for what you do in our hearts. And we pray this in the name of our crucified Lord and in the name of our risen Savior, Jesus. Amen. Will you stand with me? We sing our benediction. We've done it for, I don't know, a year, year and a half, and I love it. Um, so will you sing with me? We sing hallelujah, let your kingdom come in our hearts, in our homes. Let your will be done as we go in your name. We shout and we proclaim, let your will be done in us. Go this week.
to be the change. See what I did there? Bye.